This is TLDR Podcast, where we talk sports, MLB, NHLs, NBAs, pop culture, and nobody understands Westworld, and more. Top 10 alcoholic beverages. With your hosts, Alex. Yeah, boy. Eric. Yo. James. The San Francisco 49ers, best team in the league. Traded. Right. Oh, sit down, bud. And Tyler. Oh, damn where we do the research and trash-talking for you. What kind of cockamamie bullshit is Adam Silver thinking? <laughs> they're playing super hot right now, and they're- It's they're not finishing, it's the middle of the season. Oh, I understand that, but I'm saying that they're, they're moving towards that. Welcome to TLDR Podcast, presented by Anchor. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 62 of TLDR Podcast. We got four guys on the pod tonight. Alex is MIA, but that's okay. Hopefully, he'll be back around next week. Uh, but we got Traden, we got James, and we got Eric on the pod tonight. Hope you guys uh, enjoy the pod. Thanks, on, thanks for hopping on and listening. Um, as usual, we're going to check in. So, Eric, you got uh, Mr. Bryson DeChambeau as your background. How how was your week? How have you been? What's up, bud? It was good. Um, I learned two things this weekend. One, In and Out has tomato wrapped burgers. Um, wow, I did not know that either. Yeah, how does, and, even, how does it even work? Well, you know, protein salad is, is lettuce wrapped, yeah. so instead, it's literally just the tomatoes or the buns. That's how what do you, what, what is it called though? What is it called, trading? Oh, with the Mater rap. <laughs> Mater rap. Mater rap, baby. I think that's what it's called, but uh, I haven't I tried it yet, up, and I want to. I and then, guys. Actually, I guess three things. The second thing is you can get those grilled, or you get those yellow peppers grilled on the burger, too. So grilled chili peppers. And then third, Trayden is an absolute psycho because – he thinks I'm a psycho for eating ketchup with my fries or chicken tenders or chicken strips or chicken nuggets or whatever the hell they're called. And he eats fries and chicken tenders, nuggets, strips with mustard alone. That's psychotic. <laughs> Dude, that's like that pouring, is that is slander. That is might as well just pour slander. sour juice all over your food and eat <laughs> that it. Is insane. That is so slander, dude. So are you are you denying well, it or are you saying no, that that's normal? I, I I would enjoy it with that, but Eric's going into this new journalism mode where you just take bits and pieces of what people say, throw it out there to create a narrative. Well, I've always done that. Dude, what do you mean, Eric? I think I think that you have a yeah, you have a job as a journalist because you're like bang on, baby. <laughs> I just pick and choose what I want to say. Exactly. That's lo- that's what we're dealing with right now. Yeah, that's well, brutal. Well. Trading? Are you going to defend yourself or like, how about that hockey game last night, huh? You mean the <laughs> lack thereof? Yeah, that was, yeah. That was so. That was. Uh, first of all, I'm not going to defend myself because I do enjoy like mustard with most things, so that's okay. <sighs> it's weird. Uh, whatever. <laughs> um, but in terms of the hockey game, you know, the other team forfeited. I don't know if any of you guys, any of the other team, listens, but you guys could have bucked up and just fucking played. Yeah, like, fuck off. We did. Yeah, we had no yeah. goalie and we still played. Exactly. So nah, I, I'm, I was kind of, it was kind of brutal, but it was good to see you and Jess um, yeah, for sure. Drink some beers. And now we're here. 
with another week, a week before football starts. Yeah. So I guess when you had a little bit. When you had no goalie, did you like put a piece of cardboard in? The no. We, we, so we played, we played with six players on the ice. One of, one of our players just like stayed in the net. <laughs> But the but it was crazy as if I say that we won four to one and we had no goalie for two periods like yeah. that team's shit dude yeah they were yeah, so bad yeah I was we, sitting we on the lost bench that game I, well I know but I was sitting on the bench and saying like granted we lost we ran out of gas but I was I was telling my teammates I'm like why the fuck are they not at least running the score up a little bit because if you give us like a three goal like deficit we can easily come back once we have a goalie but we just. We ran out of gas. Yeah. Gave, gave it too much, but yeah. Oh well, wish I could have. So yeah, trade mentioned football right around the corner. James, how many uh, fantasy football drafts have you done so far, and how many do you have left? And like, how <laughs> excited are you for the NFL kickoff real soon? Okay, so I've done four so far. Jesus. I have two left, so I have wow. six. Total. Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> so how much money in total are you putting into this fantasy season? Uh, I only have one. That's a hundred. The rest are fifty, and then my last one's twenty. Okay, so that's not a steal. not a huge amount, but like a decent amount. Yeah, the potentially win a lot of money for sure. <laughs> like looking at that box right there, man. If you that's don't win at least one bucks. of those, I mean, more than three hundred. I should win. I should win all of them. Every single one. So I don't make easily over like three grand. <laughs> Remember you said that, and then you drafted Joe Mixon last year. Oh wait, you drafted Joe Mixon this year. <laughs> oh, hey man, it was a good pickup. Let me look at my team, man. I feel bad for Tyler. Because Tyler, just, his running back just died on him. Yeah, he Sorry, did. J.K. Dobbins. I've had the worst luck with fantasy running backs the last three years. They all get season-ending injuries. I don't know what it is. But, uh, Eric, did you see my fantasy team name? Uh, yeah, I did. The Washington Half Smokes. I like there it. Go. Good job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, had, I had to. So yeah, now, apparently I'm, I'm projected to lose by 16 <laughs> to Alex week one. Um, <laughs> it's not a good start. Not at yeah. all. It, it hasn't started yet, like though. Suspended. It hasn't started yet, so we'll we'll see what happens. But dude, I just drafted a shit team, bro. <laughs> no, I didn't. They're gonna be good. <laughs> Get projected for last. <laughs> Kyler oh, Murray. No. Oh no. But, but I'm right. very excited for football, man. So, yeah, I bet. Trading I'm, house. Yeah, I'm excited too to hang out on Sundays and drink beer and watch football with you guys. It'll be fun. Um, so real quick, since I'm not doing my uh my baseball segment uh this week, I did want to finalize and um kind of wrap up the city connect jerseys we have our final raise i've been keeping tallies on everybody's scores and we have a ranking system so this is the official tldr rankings of the city connect jerseys there were seven of them this year um, but first i want to go individually and give everyone's highest and lowest uh personal jerseys uh so alex he, uh, he's not here today but his highest uh was the white Sox at 7.9 his lowest was the giants at 3.7 Eric, your highest was the Cubs. You gave them a 9.6. Oh, those are good, dude. Those yeah. are good ones. And then you uh, had a tie for your lowest. Uh, you, <laughs> gave the, you, you gave the Diamondbacks and the Giants both a 2.8. Those were your lowest scores. Um, James, you gave the Diamondbacks your highest at an 8.9. And the Red Sox at the lowest at 3.5. Traden, um, same jersey. So Diamondbacks were your highest at 8.7. And Red Sox were your lowest at 2. Oh, yeah. um, and then my highest was the White Sox at 8.7, and my lowest was the Giants at 2.1. Um, so to accumulate the final tally, coming in in seventh place is the San Francisco Giants City Connect jerseys with an uh, average score of four. Um, coming in sixth place is the Red Sox with an average score of 4.06. So 
So a real close battle there for last place. Coming in fifth place is the Dodgers at 5.84. In uh, fourth place is the White Sox at 6.52. In third place is the Marlins at 6.74. In second place, the Diamondbacks at 6.78. And the top-rated City Connect jersey by TLDR Podcast is the Chicago Cubs at 6.9. How perfect is that? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, obviously Eric's <laughs> 9.6 rating gave that a pretty big boost there. But really close, the, the, the top three jerseys were separated by less than two one hundredths of a, of a percentage point. So, uh, Cubs, Diamondbacks, Marlins kind of were our three favorite jerseys of um, this year's City Connect jersey. So, just wanted to throw that out there. Um, so, you guys were listening and tuning into those City Connect ratings. So, there you go. The Chicago Cubs are the champions uh, of this year. And that's about all they'll be champions of, champions of this year anyway. So, Good for you, Cubbies. Um, so anyway, we're going to get into both of the podcast. When we come back, um, James is going to finish out with his final uh, NFL division preview. We're going to the AFC South. Stick right with us. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we already have a correction. I said the AFC South right before we hopped off. I meant the NFC South. Jesus Christ. My bad. Horrible host. Amateur hour. Yeah. Absolutely. Ketchup, mustard, you know, same thing. All of it. <laughs> Except they're completely different. James, what do we got for the NFC South? All right, guys. We're going to start off strong here. I'll take the Panthers. But first, we're going to start with the Atlanta Falcons, who finished with a strong record of 4-12. and 12. 17th in offense, 22nd in defense. Very tough year for the almost Super Bowl champs a couple years back. They start off 0-5 and then fire their head coach. So bye-bye, Dan Quinn. I think he is now the defensive coordinator of the Cowboys. If you watch Hard Knocks, he's a good dude. Pretty much nothing went right for them at all because they had injuries from the get-go, and from that point forward, they could never recover, and Dan Quinn took the brunt of that, which is tough. Uh, now they have a new head coach, a new start. They hired Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator from the Titans last season. This offseason, they lost a big name in Julio Jones, who was traded to the Tennessee Titans, where Arthur Smith is from. They lost center Alex Mack, linebacker Keanu O'Neill, and running back Todd Gurley. They did sign running back Mike Davis, running back slash wide receiver Cordell Patterson, and safety Daron Harmon. In the draft, with a number four pick overall, they drafted tight end Cal Pitts from Florida, who we all had pretty high up, but Eric, for some reason, had him dropped like eight. So I have no idea how he made that happen, but he was drafted number four. Uh, in the second round, they drafted safety Richie Grant out of UCF. So, Eric, buddy, tell me why the Falcons are going to have a good year this year. Um, you know, anything can go better for them uh, since the last five years. Um, I don't know. You know, going 4-12 and 12 is bad, but also being up 28-3 to three, uh, at halftime and losing is 10 times worse probably in a Super Bowl, that is. Uh, Matt Ryan, well-established quarterback. This is his last chance um, in Atlanta. This is his last kick of the can with in a Falcons jersey. Um, yes, they lose Julio Jones. He was hurt all year last year. Um, just a shitty situation. But Ridley, I think, is on the uprise. He's going to be the go-to guy for them this year. Um, this is his chance to prove himself. They could build up Kyle Pitts, who – you guys said drafted number four. I said drafted number eight. That's their divisible, you know, numbers together, <laughs> whatever, equal, whatever the fuck. Two times four is eight. Um, 
but Pitts will have an impact on Matt Ryan's passing game. Um, as far as their defense, this is the way I think of it for their defense. They got to try to stop four quarterbacks in their division. Tom Brady, they won't stop him. Sam Darnold, they could stop him. Jameis Winston, they will stop him because Jameis Winston is going to fluster his own self out of his own position. Um, so that could be something good for them. Uh, so actually, I meant to say three quarterbacks instead of four. But uh, <laughs> let's get to the schedule like always. Eagles at Bucks at Giants, Washington football team, Jets in London. Then they have their bye week which is early, the earliest of all of most teams, at Dolphins and Panthers. They're going to start four and two this year because they're going to pummel the Eagles game one. They're going to get motivation and confidence. Uh, they're going to be the Giants. They're going to beat – they'll beat the Jets in London because the Jets are going to be jet-lagged and thrown off, and it's just going to be a weird game. <laughs> And then the bye week, they're gonna get they're gonna get the rest that they need because they're gonna be trying so hard these first few games, uh, and their final <laughs> record will be nine and eight. Oh, oh, oh. winning record! Eight. That was oh terrible. My God. So, in a nutshell, if you give me the Cliff Notes version, because <laughs> in that entire spiel, you did not tell me why they were gonna do well. So, how about you tell me in like one sentence why will they do well? Uh, because Sam Donald needs to prove himself. We'll see how he does. Jameis, Jameis Winston is not good enough. Um, and their schedule may actually start out in their favor. That's why. So you're basing it off the fact that the other quarterbacks will not do well. I'm basing it off of uncertainty, as okay. I usually do. <laughs> well, I'm going to for sure tell you why the Falcons are not going to do well. It's because Matt Ryan is old. <laughs> and that O-line is So terrible. is TV, though. Can't yeah, always say this, this O-line. This O-line with the Falcons is suspect. Sussy. They are not a good offensive They're line sussy. whatsoever. <laughs> They're sussy. sussy. They just lost center Alex Mack, guys. That's the cornerstone of your offensive line. He's gone. So Matt Ryan has to run for his life. And that dude is old. He's not quite Tom Brady old. But if he gets punched one time, he might break his femur. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like <laughs> He is a good quarterback if he has protection. He does not have protection. Calvin Ridley is a great wide receiver. Wide receiver one for the last couple of years now. Good at route running, but he won't get the ball if, if Matt Ryan doesn't have a chance to throw it. And on top of that, Kyle Pitts is supposed to be great too, but he's more of a wide receiver than he has a blocking tight end. And at this point in time, you need more help on the line blocking than you do being out there being a pass catcher. And in total, man, it's just they have a bad defense and then they need to score a lot of points. And without that offensive line, Matt Ryan isn't good enough or young enough or mobile enough to make that happen. So I say the Falcons go 5-12. and 12. Alex, on the other hand, said the Falcons are going to go seven and ten. Trade, what do you think? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with like a six and eleven. <laughs> okay, Tyler. Yeah, I got I got eight and nine. Yeah, there we do. go. So everyone has okay. one number off. But yeah, they're they're not going to be great. <laughs> I, I honestly think the reason why I think that is I, I think this division, aside from you know the top team, I think we all know who that is uh, isn't that great. Um, so that's kind of what I'm banking on. Okay. Okay. I see you. That's different. Let's talk fantasy here. First off, quarterback Matt Ryan. He finished his quarterback 12 last season. And right now he's going at 154. So pretty much undrafted. In Arthur Smith's offense, which was Tennessee's offense last season, they run a lot. 
but the Falcons defense also sucks. So Eric, Matt Ryan's projected for 26 touchdowns this season over under. He'll get a uh, 25 probably. So just one under. Yeah. Would you draft him as your second QB? No, I had him uh, the first year I've ever did fantasy like three years ago with you guys. He actually did really good for me. Um, obviously that was the year after their Super Bowl, and, and they were just on the decline, but I don't hold a grudge against him. Like I would normally hold a grudge against others that I had because he did good, but I will not draft him. Moving on to running back Mike Davis. He finished as running back 12 in Carolina and had an ADP of 76 this season. He had a breakout year last year. Like he came up out of nowhere and replaced Christian McCaffrey three games in and still finished as running back number 12. He's an RB one, but he's going as an RB two. He's going after RB2, Javante Williams from the Broncos. I guarantee you, Eric, you have no idea who that is. So why do you think that Mike Davis is going after Javante Williams? Uh, well, I don't really know much about either of them. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to go with, you know, Mike Davis stepped up for McCaffrey last year. What has he got to lose now? He's got the, he's got the starting role. Here's his chance to prove himself, you know, in a full season. Um, what happened to Ger- – where's Gurley now? Is he done? He's just unsigned. He's a free agent. Damn. Oh. Sorry, Todd. We still love you. <laughs> there was actually reports of him going to visit the um, Ravens after this injury to J.K. Dobbins, but then the Ravens came out and said, no, we're not pursuing Todd Gurley. So let's say Todd Gurley is going to be unsigned for the majority of the year. It's crazy to think about. Damn. <laughs> Moving on to the wide receiver position, you got wide receiver Calvin Ridley. He finished as wide receiver number five last season. His ADP is 20. Right now he's going DK, Calvin, and then A.J. Brown. Who would you rather have and why? I'll go. Uh, I have AJ Brown now, so I'm going to go him. Um, even though it says he's questionable because his knees are sore, but because he <laughs> just also had knee surgery, I believe, right before uh, the preseason. But I'll get, I, you know, Ridley's pretty close with him. I think, you know, Ridley, like you said, he's the number one guy and he gets probably really good on another team. Um, maybe he'll still do good if Matt Ryan could actually get the ball to him. But A.J. Brown, then Ridley. Got it. Last but not least, we'll talk tight end, Kyle Pitts. His ADP is 52. He was the highest drafted tight end ever in the history of the NFL. He's currently projected for 840 yards and six touchdowns. How would you project him? Uh, well, based off what you said with Matt Ryan and probably the one of the biggest suspect O-lines, he's going to get like, three touch he's gonna to do half all of those half of those stats you just said he's gonna have four and twenty yards and three touchdowns yeah maybe have like six hundred yards and like maybe four touchdowns <laughs> make up your mind what is it dude that that's that's heavy expectations like he's got he's got the highest he's got the most pressure on him as you just said being the highest drafted tight end and he's gonna have the worst offensive line with the oldest quarterback in the league so you tell me I believe Dude, you're like what? You said Tyler, the oldest quarterback. This is my journal. This is my selective journalism. He's gonna get four <laughs> touchdowns, 550 yards. Damn, Tyler, do you want to trade for? Uh, do you want to trade him? Because <laughs> I'm sure that Eric Eric's just trying to like pull Certainly some shit. Not to here. Eric, that's for sure. There's, there's some shit, gonna give me shit. Tyler drafted him. Oh, you know what? He's gonna do three touchdowns, 320 yards. <laughs> Horrible. You're a brutal assessment, dude. That's brutal. I this is gonna come back to bite you in the ass. You're gonna have to Kyle Pitts next year. Well, he actually does that bad. This year he's gonna go off for a huge amount. I guarantee it. 
Moving on to the Carolina Panthers, 5-11 and 11 last season, 21st in offense, 26th in defense. This is Coach Matt Rule's first year last year, and it was tough. He lost CMC to the injury after three games, so that's hard to do. But they found a solid young core in, this, in the process, and they have stuff to build upon. This offseason, they lost wide receiver Curtis Samuel, uh, running back Mike Davis, who went to the team we just talked about, cornerback Rasul Douglas, and quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. This offseason, they did sign or traded for Sam Darnold from the Jets. They signed A.J. Boye, tight end Dan Arnold, edge defender Hassan Reddick, and linebacker Denzel Perryman. In the draft of the first pick, or in the first round with the eighth pick, they drafted J.C. Horn out of South Carolina, who's a cornerback, and a wide receiver out of LSU in the second round by the name of Terrace Marshall Jr. So the Panthers this season, I think are going to do fairly well, better than they did this last season. Everybody has their own opinion on Sam Darnold and how they've pretty much given up on how good of a quarterback he is. But let's not forget, he's in the Jets system with Adam Gase as your coach. And everybody's played for Adam Gase, says he sucks, and remarkably played worse with him than when they left. Case in point, Ryan Tannehill. He left the Jets. He's doing amazing now. There's so many instances where Adam Gase has just fucked a player up and made him bad. And that's the case with Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold was a good quarterback at USC. He was just the third overall. There's a lot of potential and promise there, and there's a lot to be given, but he just had bad coaching. It might take him, honestly, a couple of games to get into the playbook this season, but he has a really good core in front of him, a lot of good weapons. I mean, you got CMC. He's going to be back. He's going to have at least 2,000 all-purpose yards, 1,000-plus rushing, 1,000-plus receiving. He's going to be a fantasy god. On top of that, you got Robbie Anderson, who had a breakout year last year. After leaving the Jets, he left the Jets, had a breakout year. Who would have thought? And Adam Gase, so fuck that guy. They also have DJ Moore as a wide receiver, and he's a stud. Uh, they also added, like I mentioned, Terrace Marshall Jr. in the draft, who's a monster athlete. That dude was like, a, he runs like a six or four, five forty. He's like six three. Guy's ridiculous. The O line as a whole is a question mark, but Matt Rule does a really good job of manufacturing plays, making them fast, and throwing that defense off balance. He's done that for a very long time. Matt Rule is a good coach. Defensively, the uh, secondary is a little eh. But the D-line has gotten better and better each and every year, and that should make the secondary's life a whole lot easier, just like the Niners did two years ago. And should J.C. Horn turn out to be like the lockdown corner that everybody thinks he's going to be, this Panthers defense is going to vault in the top 15. Matt Rule as a whole creates dynasties. He's done that before at every single college he's been to. He's taken a terrible team with no culture and turned them into a winning program, and that's what I think he's going to do here. It'll just take some time. This year's going to be a stepping stone but I think they're going to go eight and nine trading. Why am I wrong? Because you have fucking ghost boy, Sam Darnold. I mean, I get, I, I I'll give you the fact that we don't know where he's at because you know, he was, he was under Adam Gase, which, you know, I agree with you. I think that has to do with something, but when you watch him play, it just looks like he's lost. He, he looks lost. And you know, I, I just don't know what I'm going to get when he has a team that actually is, okay like is he gonna be able to fit in or is he still gonna be lost <laughs> that's that's the biggest I, that's that's my biggest question the, the other question is we saw what matt rule did with teddy bridgewater just th- threw him away i mean do we really believe that matt rule is gonna be able to turn this guy i don't know he has he didn't do it with teddy bridgewater who's to say he's gonna do it with ghost boy i just don't know one thing, one thing about that is that teddy bridgewater was signed to the panthers before matt rule got the job and so it was just kind of, he, it was the incumbent in that situation. But now okay. Matt Rule has his 
choice and he wanted Sam Darnold. He could have drafted a quarterback with that eighth pick, but he wanted to get yeah, Sam Darnold. Yeah, that's another thing. Like, the, like you're in rebuild mode. You're going to take a guy that has proven to be shit instead of at least taking your taking your chance as a rebuilding team on just like Justin Fields. Like, what's, I just – I. I just don't know where this direction is going to go. I, I think there's too many question marks for me to say that they're going to be better than they were last year. I think they made some good moves. I really do. I really think that they're going to be, I, I guess from a structural standpoint, they will be a step in the right direction, but I just don't know if you said eight wins. I think that's really generous. What do you think? Um, I'm going to say six and 11. Alex also at eight and nine. Eric, what do you think? I think nine and eight. I think Darnold will have one more win than one more loss. I think he's better than we think, and he'll be in a better system than the Jets. Okay. But he still won't do that good. <laughs> and Tyler? I got five and 12. Uh, kind of similar to Jaden's logic there. There's just too many question marks with the quarterback position. Like, I just, I can't trust a team that has that many question marks with their QB. It's, to me personally, that's just an essential thing. You've got, you got to have that down. Um, obviously there's like a lot of good things going on there. So I think they're pretty close to being a winning team, but not this year. Okay. Okay, guys, we'll talk fantasy and I'm going to ask all the guys the same question here. So before we get to this part, I want all of you guys to bring up your fantasy app and bring up your roster. Okay. Cause my first question is going to be about that. Eric, pay attention. Look at your roster. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to talk about Sam Darnold because he's going undrafted. So you guys' concerns, you are correct. He, nobody trusts him. But we will talk about CMC. Currently, his ADP is 1.4. He missed a ton of games last year, but before then, he's a fantasy monster. If he stays healthy, he's pretty much the best and most impactful fantasy player by far that you can ever get. So looking at your team now, who, who would you trade and how many people would you trade to get CMC on your roster, considering that this is also a keeper league? Trade, who would you trade? Um... The only way I, I don't even think anybody would even go for this, but I I would uh, I would trade Mike Evans and Aaron Jones. Wow, that's a big haul. Eric, who would you trade to get uh, CMC? I'd trade uh, Marquez Callaway. Oh my god, <laughs> who's gonna have a breakout season? By the way, when we get to the Saints, we'll talk about it. Um, and Kenyon Drake, I actually don't really trust McCaffrey this year. Um, he got hurt last year. He does. Tyler just told all of us why you shouldn't trust McCaffrey. Too many question marks at quarterback position. Too many question marks with this team. They're going to overuse him. He's going to get pounded. Who knows how good their offensive line is anymore. So I'll trade a couple guys to get him, but I'm not going to trade what trade would trade for him. Nobody would take your trade. That was a terrible. Would you say Marcus Callaway and who? Maybe Miles Sanders. Marquez Callaway and Kenyon Drake. Yeah, still nobody would take that. That's a terrible trade. <laughs> that's a starting running back, a second running back, and a breakout receiver that's going to occur this year. Nobody's taking that. Tyler, who would you trade? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go – I'll throw up uh, Justin Jefferson and Kyle Pitts. We talked about Pitts, you know, but I do have Kelsey as my starting tight end. So Pitts may or not be a trade piece for me this year. We'll see what happens. And like I said, in a keeper's league, this dude could be the next biggest star in the tight end position. So that's something to consider. Hmm, interesting. So um, the, the question is, are any of those trades good, James? 
I like Trayden's the most. Eric's was the worst by far. Well, <laughs> would Alex I don't like it? Alex has him, right? Yeah. Dude, I, I wish know. he was I here. I, I I make, we make a trade. I, I would make that trade. I, you don't think Alex would take my trade out? <laughs> like right, right on air. That's like the worst trade. Right I was on air. a finesse trading for one of his running backs the other day, and the trade you mentioned was worse than why I just traded. Try to offer trading, just so you know. Oh God, and that oh, was that? shit. That was that was shit, Eric. That was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the wide receiver position here, we're gonna talk DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. So wide receiver DJ Moore finishes wide receiver twenty five last season, and his ADP this season is fifty nine. He's more of the deep play wide receiver. On the other hand, Robbie Anderson finished as wide receiver nineteen, and has an ADP of. 78 this season he averages 8.5 targets per game last season which is crazy so would you rather have dj Moore at 59 or robbie anderson at 78 and why tyler i'll go dj Moore. um i guess as you mentioned the deep threats putting up the the big fantasy numbers um i don't know i think i think those are both good options you know but like i said their quarterback is suspect so they might both suck eric yeah, I've had them actually both in fantasy. Uh, <laughs> grudges are held against both of them because – but here's the thing. I picked them up, you know, like halfway through the season when I had injuries and other things going on. Um, and DJ Moore was on the Seahawks with Russell, and Russell would just run the ball. And then Robbie Anderson was on the Jets with Darnold, was terrible with them. So I'll go DJ Moore because Robbie Anderson already showed that he's that doesn't do good with Darnold. Okay. Different system, by the way, and trading. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna go Robbie Anderson, and I'll say because I, I I'm gonna go back to what I said. I don't trust Sam Donald to throw a ball past ten yards. So if if you're if you're saying DJ Moore is a deep threat, I'd much rather take Anderson at his ADP or close to his ADP than than DJ Moore. Okay, I like that. Moving on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Surprise, surprise, they were not the best in their division last season, but they did win a Super Bowl. They finished eleven and five. Sixth in offense, sixth in defense. To put it simply, they were just the best team. TB12 won another Super Bowl yet again. This time with a different team, so it was a good year for them. This offseason, they lost tackle Joe Haig, and they signed running back Giovanni Bernard. That's pretty much all the things that happened there. The draft, they drafted outside linebacker Joe Tyron out of Washington with the 31st, 32nd pick and drafted quarterback Kyle Trask from Florida with the 64th pick. Trading. Why are the Bucks going to have another spectacular year? Okay. I'm glad you asked me like that because I thought you were going to ask, how, um, how are they going to be better? And I was going to say, they aren't because they can't be better than what they did. Um, they're going to have a spectacular season simply because every single starter on the offense came back. And someone on this podcast said, oh, well, they just won the Super Bowl. Of course, that's the case. Look at the Tampa Bay uh, Lightning. They're losing their, their, their main guys just because they don't have enough cap space. Tampa Bay is able to just keep – Tampa Bay Bucks are, are going to take the same team that they won the, this, the Super Bowl with, and they're bringing them back. And, and we saw after the, the bye week, like it was it, that early transition, everyone was like, oh, you know, they just don't have it. They're just, not, they're just not melding together. The bye week happened, and everything fucking changed. Defense is good. The offense is good. You have – a stellar stellar uh wide receiver group you have a a pretty decent swath of running backs they're not spectacular but they all get the job done um your your quarterback is one of the best if not the best to ever play the game 
and he's super smart, even though he's, even though he's at his old age, he just, he just does what he needs to do at the time he needs to do it. And that's all you need in a quarterback. He has an offensive line that gives him plenty of time. They made Patrick Mahomes run for his fuck. He ran for almost 500 yards in the Super Bowl just to get away from being hit. Guys, I the, the only thing they could they could do is that they could, you know, win the division, but they don't they showed that they don't even need to win the division and win the Super Bowl. All that matters is you just get to the playoffs. That's it, baby. Oh, and by the way, I love the fact that Bernard comes in because I think that he is a he is a a receiving running back that you know, Tampa Bay needs as a little bit of, you know, to spruce up their already spectacular offense. This, there's no way that Tyler could say that this team's going to be any, any worse than they were last year. Wait, so you just compared them to a hockey team that won their first cup in a COVID bubble and then won their second cup. The hardest, so the hardest season. cup, the hardest cup to win. Yeah. And then, and then in the shortest, and then uh, in a short offseason. season where they didn't have to travel much because, they were in Florida and they played their only division teams. That was Nashville, Florida, and Toronto was in Florida. Oh, wait, Toronto was in Canada. Never mind. Anyways, <laughs> what I'm You're saying, and, then, and, and third off, you said Bernard from Bernard from the Bengals is going to make a difference for him. Of course he is. He absolutely will. All right. 100%. You're of course wrong. He is. I'm, <laughs> is he, is he going to make the team like that much better? Yeah. He's going to make them that much better. Cause that's just another another part of this dynamic offense is he going to be the reason that they make the they make the super bowl no that's what they you already said. have that <laughs> they already have that they don't need that they already got that so all right tyler you got a tough task here man why is trading wrong i uh i got nothing i uh <laughs> you know I, I i i wanted to go against bucks because again I, I like the challenge of these things and i like to you know get a challenge and try and do something. And with the Packers, I found a hole. I found something that wasn't good about their team and I exploited it. I tried so hard to look at this different ways to try to exploit the Bucks, But the fact is that they're so solid. They're going to be so good. The only thing, the only thing I can possibly think of is as the defending Super Bowl champions, they have a huge target on their back and everyone's back. So there's no one new to plan against. Everyone's seen them before, the same structure, the same team, same players. So not only are people going to be more familiar with this Bucks team, but also everyone's going to game plan them just that much more because they are the Super Bowl champs. So everyone's going to bring their A++++ game against the Bucks all season long. So that might be the one thing just against them that teams are going to play a little bit harder against them and probably prepare a little bit more for them. But I mean, as, as James mentioned, they were a top six offense, top six defense. Like they finally figured out their kicker issues. Like, they literally just have everything figured out and they have everyone back. They won a Super Bowl last year. They're, they're, this team doesn't have any weaknesses. They're going to be super good. Like I said, the only thing I can possibly think of is just like other teams are going to come after them because they have that huge target on their back. But yeah, this Bucks team's good as fuck, man. I, I got nothing. I love that point, Tyler. I didn't even think about the fact that they'd get game planned against because they've seen an entire year of tape. Definitely. That, that's a good point. What's the record going to be, Ty? I got 15 and two. I think this Damn. team is going to be good. They're going to eat up on a weaker division. They're going to be great. Trade. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say 16 and one. Wow. They're going to lose to the chiefs. Probably. <laughs> I'm going to go 14 and three. Pretty much same points you guys have made. Uh, it's the same team. 
But the one thing that's really holding them back is Tom Brady's age. Uh, typically at this point in his career, people's anybody's life, they're kind of slowing down. The thing is, Tom Brady hasn't shown that at all. So if he can make it through the season like he's been doing, they're going to win again. Unless the Niners do well. Anyway, um, another year in the system, another year of comfortability. This team is going to run it back. Alex also says it's 14 and three. Eric. 13 and four. Oh, just, <laughs> so just, just going down. Ups. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> It's probably closer, but it's actually going to happen. <laughs> I don't know, guys. It's going to be crazy this year. Uh, let's talk about fantasy real fast. You got quarterback Tom Brady. He finished his quarterback eight last season. His ADP is 69 this year. So fantasy-wise, I mean, fantasy will typically reward the QBs with a rushing upside, and Tom Brady has zero rushing upside. So would you trust him as your fantasy team's like starting quarterback? I'm actually going to say no. And the reason I'm going to say no is because actually for the same reason that the team is so good, because there's so many fucking options they have, they can run the ball with their, with their, with their running game. They have, you know, short options with like three tight ends. Like it's, 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 and they have, you know, they have a tons of wide receivers that they could go to, which, you know, would, would lend itself to, to, you know, huge upside, but as a starting quarterback, you need someone who can run and Tom Brady doesn't need to fucking run. He doesn't need to run. <laughs> There's he no reason. Run. And he can't run because he doesn't, and he doesn't need to. So it's okay. Yeah. So it works out well for Tom Brady. <laughs> Moving out to the running rap, running back room here. I'm only talking about two, but Traden brought up a good point of Giovanni Bernard. We're not going to talk about him though. Uh, running back Leonard Fournette, ADP is 98. He finished the running back 35 last year. And Ronald Jones is the second, ADP is 123. And he finished as running back 20 last season. You have to pick one, Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette. Who'd you pick? Um, it's a tough one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give nod my head to Ronald Jones on this one. Um, Leonard Fournette, he had, I mean, he he really he really changed. He really got a fire under his ass at the end of towards the end of the season. But Ronald Jones has just kind of been the 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 main. I sh- I say main guy, even though that's not true because they just like cycle through. But I'll just say Ronald Jones. I just think at, the, at he's a little bit younger. I think he'll just get a little bit more touches at the end of the day. Going to the wide receiver room, we got two great wide receivers here, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Mike Evans finished as wide receiver 11 last season. His ADP this year is 34. Chris Godwin finished as wide receiver 31 because he missed four games, and his ADP is 47. So same question as before. Who would you rather have and why? I'm going to say Mike Evans. Mike Evans, I have him. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll say Mike Evans just because, I mean, you you can't go wrong with either one of them, but uh, I, I just I just like – it seems like Mike Evans and, and uh, Tom Brady finally – it tore it, you know, towards the end of that bye week to it going in, I guess, after the bye week, they really started to mesh and it was, it showed. And um, now granted, it's kind of a tough, it's kind of a tough one because he can throw it anyone and it's going to be fine. So a lot of fantasy managers ended up having both Mike Evans and Chris Goldman on their team. Would you be comfortable having both of them and starting both of them at the same time? Oh, I, I'm going to, I, I I'm gonna say no, because you, you pr- only one of them are probably gonna break out that game. Like, but now the question is, which one do you pick if you have both on your roster? But you, if you have both, then you're really then you know if if you're using you know s- simple, uh, I guess I don't I forget what the economic term is, but there there are, there is another player on your roster that probably made more made more points than the 
or, or gain more points than the second of the two. Does that make sense? So you're giving up the opportunity of spreading out and, and giving yourself the best chance of the most points, you know, you're, I guess you're for surely getting the, the, the best of both worlds, but there's one of them that's going to be underperform relative to someone else on your roster. It's just how it's going to be. Moving on to tight end Rob Gronkowski, last but not least here, finishes tight end number eight. His ADP is 126, which is tight end 12. So why do you think he fell out of the top 10 of tight ends? I, I think that I don't know if everybody trusts Gronk for some reason. I mean, he, he also, I think that the team has so much, again, it goes back to their, their dynamic and, and huge offense that he's, while he was kind of the main guy in, in uh, new New England, he's really just pulling a bunch of players to him and giving the opportunity of throwing to, you know, your Godwins or your, or your uh, Evans or, or running the ball. He kind of just draws, he's he kind of is that guy that draw that draws the defense to him. Not, he's not going to get as many, uh, you know, uh, targets as he used to. Uh, and I think that's probably what, what pushed him out. I have him on my watch list though. So <laughs> is he still open or early? He Where is open. Oh God. That's he insane. Last but not least, we're going to talk about the new Orleans saints who went through a ton of changes this season, but last season they won the division going 12 and four 11th in offense, fourth in defense. So this is Drew Brees' last hurrah, and unfortunately, it did not end the way he wanted it to end. This offseason, like I'd mentioned, there's been a lot of changes, so let's get into it. They lost quarterback Drew Brees because he retired, tight end Jared Cook, cornerback Janoris Jenkins, wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders, defensive end Trey Hendrickson, defensive tackles Sheldon Rankings, and middle linebacker Alex Anzalone. So they signed a bunch of people, but because they have so much negative cap room, and they owe so much to luxury tax. It was a bunch of one-year, $1 million deals, and it's not to anybody who is very notable. So we're not going to mention every single one of them because there's a lot. In the draft, they went in and drafted defensive end Payton Turner out of Houston in the first round and linebacker Pete Warner out of Ohio State in the second round. Tyler, why are the Saints going to have a good year? So, obviously, the quarterback situation replacing Drew Brees near impossible, right? Future Hall of Famer. It's not going to get better than that. Um, but they do have two options there. Um, and I think having two potential options is better than having none or just one. You have to think on just this guy to do to replace your breeze. They got two options. So I think numbers, one of them is going to fill, is going to fill the slot, um, and do, you know, they, they pick the starting quarterback, already, right? Yeah. But I mean, they still have two guys that could <laughs> potentially like, like if, if one doesn't work out, like I know Winston's like, you know, the guy right now, but. They have other options. What I'm trying to say, because I, I don't, I don't know if Winston is the answer. He may, hopefully is, maybe he is, but I don't know if he is. Um, so at least they have some options there at quarterback. Um, Alvin Kamara, you know, he's probably the best dual threat running back in the game, and he continues to get better and better every single year. And his running mate Latavius Murray, he's also a great talent. So like their 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 running depth is really really good. Um, they're gonna get Michael Thomas back at some point this season. I mean, he's, he's coming back from, from surgery, hopefully, you know, kind of halfway through the season, week six or seven-ish, he's supposed to come back. If he can, can come back and be the Michael Thomas that we once knew to be one of the best uh, receivers in the game, that's going to be huge. Um, and they have a few young uh, wide receivers there. I think one of them is going to have a breakout season. Um, Smith, Callaway, Harris, uh, Trotman. I think one of those guys is going to break out and, and, and have a good season. Um, and they did lose a lot of people, but one – 
one unit they did bring back that is pretty much the same as their O-line and their O-line is, is, is pretty good. So I think the O-line is going to be good this year. Defense is, I think they're going to be the biggest weakness for this team. As, as you mentioned, they lost a ton on defense and they didn't really sign anyone super notable. Um, you know, but they do have Cameron Jordan, uh, Malcolm Jenkins and Marcus Williams. Um, some really big playmakers on defense. However, it is not the same Saints defense that it once was. So that could be a huge weakness for them. But offensively, I think this team's going to be very good. Assuming the fact that Winston can carry this team and lead this team um, offensively, which I think he has the potential to do, but time will tell if he is the answer there. Um, I don't think he's the long-term answer in New Orleans, but I think temporarily, I think he could potentially fill that spot. Okay. Eric, why is Tyler wrong? Two words, Jameis Winston. Two words, no breeze. They are going to be in that weird transition phase this year. Uh, Jameis will win a few games and he'll look good. And then he's going to do the complete opposite. He's going to look horrible and do really bad, just like he did when he went 30 for 30. Not the SPN show, 30 touchdowns, 30 picks with the best wide receiver core in the league at the time, which was Mike Evans and Godwin um, when he was on the Bucks. And so knowing that, what makes you think he's going to do better this year? You said he's not going to have Michael Thomas for the first few weeks. He will have my guy, Mark Marquez <laughs> Calloway, uh, who is going to break out probably those first four weeks, hopefully do good for me. And then the second Michael Thomas comes back, he's going to do bad. I'm going to drop him. But, um, you know, he had a good, a few good preseason games and people are saying, oh, I think he's going to do good this year. Does that really uh, give you a good feeling? I hope not. Um, and their defense may actually have the most pressure on them because they're going to be on the field a lot after Winston keeps throwing all these picks, um, their offense isn't going to be what gets the job done. So the defense really has to step up and they have small room for error. Last thing I'll say, as always, the schedule Packers week one at Panthers, Patriots, Giants at Washington football team. Also a bye week in week six, like the Falcons at Seahawks and Bucks. They're going to start two and four. Um, they're going to get whopped by the Packers game one. They probably won't beat the Panthers game two. Um, Bill Belichick will just find some strategy uh, against Jameis when they play the Patriots week three. So they're going to start 0-3 right away. Maybe they'll beat uh, the Seahawks. Maybe they'll beat the Giants. But they're going to go 2-4, and four, bad start, and they will finish 8-9. and nine. Okay. Tyler, what's the record going to be? Uh, I got eleven and six. Uh, I think Whoa. this. I think this team could go either way. I think they could. <laughs> I think they could be second in the division and, and, and win a lot of games, or they could finish in last place. Um, but since I'm four Saints, I'm gonna lean towards the other side and say eleven six. Oh, okay. Damn. I'm gonna go seven and ten. And Alex said six and eleven. Jaden, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. If Jameis Winston didn't do well under the Bucks. I'm going to see a six and 11 season again at <laughs> the Saints. Jesus, man. Uh, 11 and six. Oh my God. Anyway, <laughs> this, this podcast is great. Uh, moving on to fantasy. You got quarterback Jameis Winston, who is undrafted. But after hearing it that he's now the starting QB, would you draft him? No. <laughs> All right. Love it. <laughs> moving on to no. running back Alvin Kamara. He finished as running back number one overall last season, which is a big deal. His ADP is four. So does getting Jameis back 
getting Jameis named a starting quarterback, does that make Alvin Kamara's value go up or down? Um, I don't think it really affects it much. I think he's going to do his thing no matter who's the quarterback. Uh, like I said, he's – That is not true because whenever uh, Taysom Mills quarterback last season when Drew Brees was out, Alvin Kamara's numbers went way down, like down, down, down. Well, there you go. James <laughs> <laughs> uh, would you rather have Alvin Kamara or Derrick Henry? Ooh. I, I'm still going to go Kamara. Like I said, I just think he has he has so much talent on he's uh, as a as a running back and as a receiver. Um, you see that he, he's going to put up Sorry. points. Dude. Mayfield Grand Slam, Mayfield Grand Slam. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Just so you know, Tyler, as soon as you said Alvin Kamara, Eric just freaked out. He just had the most like disgusting look on his face because yeah, he has a good. huge boner for Derrick Henry. Yeah, I know. And I, I had Kamara last year, no. and he did really good. So it's hard for them to just do that good two seasons in a row. But he still will do. He'll do all right. Um, I think. Gonna go for, I think Derrick he, Henry's like two. You he, say he's going to be just as good as last year. You're you're like circular. Like that logic doesn't match up. <laughs> nah, Derrick Henry's better. We'll see. <laughs> right, we'll see. We'll see. Moving on to the last person we're going to talk about here. Wide receiver Michael Thomas. His ADP is 94 this season. He's going to be missing the first couple of games, so you're pretty much going to draft and stash the dude. How early would you draft him? He's currently going at 94. Mm, yeah, tough one. As you said, I think if when he come when he comes back, he's potentially going to be a good threat. But then again, he was that guy with Drew Brees. Is he going to be the same guy with Winston? I don't know. I, I, I would, I would not draft him that high. Um, so when, uh, I mean, I don't know, eighth round or lower. So pretty much 94. Got it. Yeah. Pretty Good much stuff. what, pretty much what the, <laughs> well, pretty much what the consensus is, I guess. Love it. All right, everybody. That pretty much wrapped us all my previews. Hope you guys enjoyed and used it to draft a better team like Tyler did until JK Dobbins died. Thank you for the <laughs> Oh man. You know what? Uh, what are you gonna do? Um, yeah, thank you, James. Appreciate it. I'm I think these segments certainly helped me draft my fantasy football team this year. Um, so hopefully you all picked up some good advice from all of us. James, thank you once again. Uh, and we're getting ready for kickoff for the 2021 NFL season. It's right around the corner. So hope you guys are all excited for that. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna talk about the best breaks, vacation. Trading is gonna lead us through what the best vacations are. So hopefully next time you plan your trip, it'll be one of these vacations. So stay tuned. With health concerns on the rise, it's as important as ever to keep your people safe. Dimer isn't another BS COVID company. They've been developing their tech to kill germs and save lives since 2014. Dimer's original UBC products have won them partnerships with some of the best technology companies in the country and earned them a spot on Time Magazine's Best Inventions of 2020. Dimer started out disinfecting airplanes. Now they're in hospitals, athletic facilities, hotels, classrooms, basically anywhere people might've been sick. When it comes to keeping your players, employees, guests, and customers in your facility safe, trust Dimer. For TLDR listeners, they are offering free disinfection as a service in select areas. So that means they will come disinfect your facility for free. You can take them up on this offer by visiting dimeruv.com and at dimeruv on social media use code tldr for your first disinfection as a service appointment for free 
That's Dimer, like Diner with an M, as in Mike Trout. Ever heard of him? Kill more germs, prevent more infections, save more lives. D-I-M-E-R-U-V dot com. Welcome back, everybody. Guys, summer just ended, so it's time to talk about vacation, you know, for next summer. So you start planning now so you can still go on vacation. You know, hopefully you guys took good vacations this summer. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure, sure all of us did one way or another, whether it was a small trip or maybe you went somewhere super awesome. Um, and hopefully next summer, too, like COVID will be super close to being completely gone. But who fucking knows at this point? But anyway. Traded wanted to talk about vacation and all of our ideal vacation destinations and the ideal perfect place to get away. So Traden, what do you got for us? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're, we're entering, I mean, two days away from some, from September, which is in my world, what we call the shoulder season, everyone's kind of winding down. Everyone's going back to work. Um, also in, in the banking world, people take like their last two weeks of, of August for like mandatory vacations. Um, not, not me, but like the bigger banks. So they do their vacation. So I was like, you know what, the end of vacation time, let's talk about them because we don't talk about us enough. We don't, we don't bring out enough of our personalities guys. Like we need to, people need to know who we are, you know? So I figured what better way to talk, to figure that out and to give some people some perspective in our lives than where we love to spend our time where we're not working or you know, I'm just hanging out, drinking beer, <laughs> which is a great vacation in itself, but it's fine. So uh, I'm going to, we're going to go around the horn and just ask the guys what their, you know, ideal, you know, vacation would be. Um, and I guess we're going to start with James. You wanted to go first. Yeah. My ideal vacation. I, I went there this last summer. It's Hawaii and specifically Oahu, mm. the island of Oahu. I loved that place. It was phenomenal. I didn't get, get to explore it that much the first time I went. So I want to kind of go back and actually do the damn thing and like explore everything. Like it's such a small island that you can drive the entire width of it, like all the way around in like four hours. It's ridiculous. You see everything. But I really wanted to go somewhere tropical because I'm kind of a softy at heart. And I like those little, like the sweet little drinks that have like an umbrella on top, like a pina colada, <laughs> like those. I want to sit on the beach and just be downing one of those as I'm just oh, relaxing. Lordy. Like, honestly, you said you get to know me. That's who I am. I love. I that. also drink a lot of whiskey. So, I mean, I'm both sides of the equation here. Um, I also love food. And Hawaii is known for the damn good food. Like, they got the poke, which is phenomenal. Spam musubis. They got everything you could ever want. That's tropical and Asian-ish. And I'm Filipino. If you guys don't see the you know, YouTube or the TikToks, whatever, I'm, I'm brown. And I'm Filipino, so I love rice. And Hawaii has a ton of rice, and I love that. Like, the poke there is so good that you can literally go to, like, what's called food land and get grade a fresh book it whenever you want. And it's pretty much the equivalent of Albertsons here. Like you just walk down the store, get what you want, whatever you need there. There's so many things you can do in Hawaii. Like if you want to get just fucked up and go to the beach, go to Kona brewing company, get an entire keg, bring it to the beach, which is two steps away. Big waves. Down in there. Yeah. Get big waves, get long birds, boards, <laughs> get quantum, like whatever you want, man. But if you want to go do something active and burn off the calories, you just put it, put in, go for a hike there are some damn good hikes in hawaii and honestly i got super sunburned and burnt a ton of calories doing those hikes they're a lot of fun there's something to do for everybody and you can do the entire island in one day and great food i love food and good alcohol good beer i Beach. love it so yeah 
Hawaii. Uh, hey, I love it. Um, if you don't mind, guys, I know we don't do paid ads, but James, I'm going to ask all you guys the same question. Do you have any recommendations for people when they're going there? Like, do you, do you have any food spots that you really liked? Maybe hole in the walls that you don't get the advertising that they probably should? Yeah, I just... Uh, like uh, names? If you don't have names, it's okay. Just The Poi Company. There's a Poi Company that next to a beach. I don't remember what beach because they have hey. some really ridiculous names. But it's like the original Poi Company. Phenomenal. That's enough. Go That's there. enough. People, I mean, Google's amazing thing. You'll be able to find it. I just want some people to understand, you know, have some idea as to what they could maybe do. So Hawaii is beautiful. It sounds like I'm going there for my honeymoon. So I'm very excited. James, I'm going to be asking you a bunch of questions in the, before that happens. So um, be prepared for that. Um, Eric, I mean, I, dude, you could go one or two ways. Like, I, I don't know how you're going to answer the question. I'm very intrigued. All right. This might be kind of a long answer, but take it. What I would one do. Word long is I'd go on a tour through Canada mm. while the Kings are on their Canadian road trips. Mm. I kind of mentioned this to you actually trading on Saturday night, but like, and then it, it sparked my mind when you brought up the whole vacation thing. But so obviously their West coast trip, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, and then their East coast trip, Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa. Um, and basically each it'd be two trips and both they'd both be revolved around all the Kings games. So that's, you know, your schedule is based off theirs. Um, and I actually learned a lot about Canada doing this. Um, so thank you, Traden. Um, Cause I went by province. So British Columbia, which is, you know, where Vancouver is of course that I learned today. Um, also Whistler, Canada. I'd probably go to those two places. Um, Beautiful skiing, snowboarding, which I've never done before. So I'd do it there um fishing and whale watching because mm -hmm. apparently that's where all the orcas breed and thrive so that'd be great to go see them and then of course food wise they are known for nanaimo bars um these are like chocolate fudge cookie bars mm. so i think i don't know if that's how you pronounce them but then let's get to our second province um alberta of course trading you know about this place too well um edmonton and calgary so i'd go to the calgary stampede because oh, i yeah. hear about it so much the edmonton mall because oh. whitney always brings that place up and, and you just made that face so apparently Crazy. it's good um and then hiking apparently there's a lot of hiking out there food wise rosemary grilled steaks apparently are important out there which sounds good um manitoba is where Winnipeg is apparently a lot of polar bears. So I'd go watch the polar bears hunt and do a bunch of crazy shit. The Northern lights are there mm -hmm. and folk Lorama, which is a Falcon food festival. Um, but food wise Bannocks, Bannocks. Mm. Uh, it's a Canadian flatbread with bacon on top, I guess. Um, sounds good to me. Two more provinces hang in there. Ontario most popular because Toronto is there and then shitty Ottawa, of course. Um, but, you know, seeing the Toronto skyline with the Canadian national tower of, and Niagara falls, maybe go to a Raptors game and then eat maple syrup. You know, I had to drop that in there. You just drink it on, on its own. Just mm, drink it. I, you could use it as like a chaser with like Tito's or something, or okay. like, or you could maybe put it on like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with banana. Who knows? You can. Trains <laughs> um, like I do that every day. <laughs> or maybe this sounds crazy. You could put it on like scrambled eggs. It's not the worst. 
but it's not the best either. Ketchup's a little better trading. Um, oh, God. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> lastly, Quebec, where Montreal is. Apparently, the town's nearby mock somewhat of Europe and France, so I guess it'd be cool food-wise. Bagels and smoked meat. So that food sounds probably the best so far, and that's where I would go, and that's what I would do. I love it. Um, th- there's a lot that you could there, – there's a lot – even in the provinces, I mean, I know you had such a short time, but you there you could go to um, you could go to uh, Banff in Alberta, which is just outside of Calgary. Beautiful. Uh, you're talking about t- talk about hiking. Um, and if you look up if you look up outdoor hockey in, in like Google Images, you'll probably see a picture of Lake Louise. And especially in the winter, it's all frozen off. You'll see hockey players on it. Uh, it is absolutely incredible. Um, so, I mean, that is a great vacation, Eric. I've always wanted to do a a kind of you know follow the team on some on some kind of excursion my i guess my bucket list would eventually be going to every single uh arena in the world or in the world in north america um or at least in the nhl so i could see the the Oilers play so eric yeah, i think i think that's a perfect you, you'd love that and you got to get poutine everywhere you go every yeah, big city has a good poutine. That, but... uh, it is very very good um but thank you eric tyler last but not least bud Yeah. So one of the things that I know a lot of friends and family and uh, a lot of people I know that have gone on that I've never been on is a cruise. I've never done a cruise. Um, I have been to a lot of tropical places. I've been to Bermuda. I've been to the Bahamas. Um, So I've been to kind of that area. And like, I really love tropical uh, places on vacation. I think it's great. Um, But the one area in the world that's my number one really want to visit is Norway and just kind of Scandinavia as a whole. And guess what? They have a Norwegian cruise and Nordic cruises out there. So that for me is my number one vacation. I would love to do that. Combine both of those things I really, I really want to do. Um, Norway, if you guys aren't really familiar, I mean, it, the landscapes there and the, and the wildlife and it's absolutely gorgeous. You have a chance to freaking like you know, YouTube, like a, you know, Nor- or Norway fjords or whatever the hell. Um, it's insanely beautiful. Um, and it just looks incredible. And I, I love mountains and I love kind of wilderness areas. Um, so I would love to go see that. And I also love different, you know, cultures in different countries. So getting to go to a place like Norway, that's a, speaks a different language, all those different things would be super, super fun. Um, and try all their food and, 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 and beer and all the stuff I know that they got going on, you know, it's that Viking culture. So, you know, they got some good beer over there. Um, so that for me would be, my number one spot. My brother's actually gotten to go to Norway before and I'm super jealous. Um, so I would love to do the cruise part of it too and just be on the boat and just it takes you around Norway and you don't really have to drive or go anywhere. It just takes you along and you get to explore as, as the boat goes through. Um, I think that'd be super, super fun. So that for me is my, my number one uh, vacation destination. That sounds spectacular. Um, I'd love to go to, um, to Northern Europe up there. I mean, we named our dog after a Norse god or an Avenger, depending on you know how nerdy you want to go. But um, uh, but yeah, definitely, um, definitely would be an amazing trip. Um, I would love to do a cruise as well. Um, I've never been on one either. Uh, I know that the Alaskan cruise I heard is really great. Like it, mm-hmm. it probably is not quite the same as the Norwegian cruise, but it does have the same type of vibe and that colder weather. Um, and I heard it's just absolutely beautiful. Eric, you talk about the Northern Lights. Apparently, on that, it's like incredible um i guess we're gonna end with me um you guys all said great ones so i really i mean i could easily throw out hawaii i could really throw out europe or i could even say um you know a trip through canada um but i just want to be different um 
I love RV life. I love glamping. Uh, that's what they call it. And I would love to take the RV that we, that we inherited from my fiance's family and take it all, you know, all over the United States. Um, you know, just, just take, take a month and just, just drive all over the United States. Um, I've never been to the deep South. Um, and I'd love to, I'd love to visit that. I've never really been to tech, even though I was born in Texas, I was too young to really remember. So I'd love to, to revisit that and go to all the major cities there. Um, also see middle America, because I think a lot of middle America is completely forgotten, you know, in, in everything that we talk about. And, and there's some amazing places that I'd love to see, um, see there as well. Um, I'd also like to really enjoy the East coast more than I have. I've, I've, I've only been there once or twice, I guess twice. And I really, you know, I, I really was too busy with whatever I was doing to really enjoy the city and or the or the uh, the metropolitan areas and the, the you know the various um, areas in in uh, you know New England and even down in New York or Pennsylvania. So I would just like to take my RV everywhere. That's that's my ideal vacation. I love I love the idea. I love like just you know the outdoors to an extent. I mean the RV parks are nice because you're just it's kind of outdoors, but you're not sleeping in a tent, so it's like not that crazy. But it's not a hotel where it's you know super you know spruced up. You get to cook your own food. You get to just kind of it's a very it's a very interesting and fun lifestyle. And I'd like to actually really d- dig deep into that. Um, so that would be my ideal vacation uh, because it's a little different than the typical uh, you know typical vacations that you know people say so. Um, that's, that's all I really got guys. I mean, I look, vacations are fun. Um, and I just, I, I thought it was really cool that we get a chance to, uh, to, for, for everyone to get to know, know us a little bit better. This is the last week of me talking about bullshit. I'm going to actually, I believe I'm talking about hockey starting next week. We're gearing up for the, the season. So we're going to start doing some season, uh, some season previews. So stay tuned for that. Hopefully I can keep the segments under like 45 minutes i'm gonna try and do a little bit more rapid fire james I actually really like the way you know uh off topic i really love the way you did the uh your your football segment this season it was it was very rapid it was a lot of good conversation and uh i hope to mimic that even though i have to do eight teams in a fucking in a fucking week <laughs> brutal <laughs> brutal all right. Well, trade in. Thank you. We're all now dreaming of our vacation spots and uh, hopefully we all get a chance to go on our dream vacation one of these days. Um, so when we come back, we're going to be talking about our last segment. Eric is taking us to the links and talking about the PGA championship when we come back. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the last segment of episode 62. And we're we're saving the best for last. We got golf, Eric. And and you know what golf means. That means Eric's here. So we're talking, we're talking golf. The PGA championship is coming up. Eric, tell us all about it. Well, it all comes down to this is what one of the signs says um, at this, this course, because I, I, I wish Alex was here because I found the answer to his question, kind of. This is the final PGA Tour event of the season. But there's still more golf tournaments. Don't worry. This, this is just the last PGA Tour event. There's still the Ryder Cup and I believe maybe something else. But if you're talking PGA season, this is the last tournament, the Tour Championship which is held at East Lake Golf Club in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, 
The trophy this time is called the Calamity Jane Putter. Not as exciting as the gravy pouring claret jug, but it will do. Uh, more importantly, you know, some people like to say it's not about the money. Uh, this weekend, it's about the money because the winner alone gets $15 million. Um, so you can't tell me it's not about the money for this weekend, at least. Um, but here's, here's a little interesting thing about this tournament. Um, it's the top 30 players from this current season based off their PGA tournament wins and finishes. So I guess it could be easier to predict the winners um, because these guys have actually been playing good most of the season. You know, like obviously your top five guys, um, we'll get to it, but I want to get right into it with trading because basically, you know, what I had lined up for trading was that, you know, is, is it weird to you that, one, there's only 30 players. Um, and two, these 30 players, they're going to begin the tournament already with, um, you know, strokes taken off. So, for example, Cantlay, who's number one in the FedEx Cup runnings, will start minus 10. Finau is number two. He will start minus eight. DeChambeau, minus seven. John Rahm, minus five, et cetera. Do you think this is weird or do you think they actually earn this and it's kind of a good idea? Yeah, so I, I've been kind of back and forth, and I, you know, it, it, it's tough because the, because a ten-stroke lead is huge, but I guess you're only really one stroke ahead of the next, you know, next player. What's interesting about this whole thing is I I, I don't have a problem with there being 30, 30 players. I think that it kind of, the way that they've kind of structured this format is very similar to how regular sports are. You know, there's you know they start out with one hundred and twenty-five. Uh, I guess two weeks ago now. And they play their four, they play their four rounds and, you know, half go. So 70, so 70, I guess a little, a little more than half um, go to, you know, last week's um, I believe, I don't know. It was, was the last last week, Northern trust or whatever. Uh, So that's 70 players. Right. And then it, and then they cut down to 30 for the final. And what's even more interesting is that the placement of those tournaments leading into this weekend are double the points of, of, of regular, you know, of the regular PGA tour tournaments. So they mean more than they do, than they, than the, than the matches did before. And at first I was like, I don't know how, you know, I don't know if it's very cool that, you know, these guys are starting at 10 strokes under, but then you really think about it and you look at the way they formatted it and it, and it, they're, the PGA is really trying to make it like a regular sport in that the, just like in basketball, football, or, or in the NHL, um, or baseball, even those final games mean more towards the towards the championship than you know what led you up there. Yeah, you have to play good enough to be in that top 125, but you should be rewarded more for winning the more meaningful tournaments. Um, so I, I, you know, at the end of the day, I think this is the only way they can make it very interesting and and watchable for the for the next three weeks because they mean more for the entire, you know, grand scheme of things. Uh, and it, and it kind of works out in that they're, they're really targeting, you know, they're, they're really targeting it so that it, it works like a regular sports, uh, you know, you know, any other sports playoffs format. The only problem I do have with golf is it's very weird because it doesn't really work like that. Like we saw what happened with Tampa Bay. They started out, you know, okay. And then they, you know, I guess I'm talking about the NFL. They started out okay. And then they, they really strengthened <laughs> towards the end. In golf, it's just a crapshoot. Like you could have a, you can have an amazing first. You could win the first five rounds, but still not necessarily make it. You know, 
make it very far in the playoffs just because you fell off and some other schlub because he'd got, you know, two wins in, you know, the playoffs are, is going to be in front of you. So it's, it, it, golf just doesn't quite work like a regular sport, but I do appreciate that they're really trying to make it as, as, um, meaningful as as possible and i i do think they've earned it if, if you're first after what now is the longest pj season in history um uh, you know you deserve to have some, you deserve to have that uh, that help and and get and get rewarded for that so i i actually you know at the end of the day like it so you compared nfl to hockey earlier and then you just compared pga to nfl no i like it actually um i think it's great but i yeah, that's a good point that you bring up um, because, you know, Tony Finau, he'd only ever won uh, one tournament before he won this Northern Trust tournament two weeks ago, which happened to be a FedEx Cup playoff tournament, one of the three. And it got him. It just shot him to first place where, like, you look at John Rahm, like all year he's been, like, slowly climbing the charts. He won a major. He won some other tournament. And it's like. He's in third. He still has a chance to win this easily. He actually got pretty close, almost coming back yesterday. Um, but then, you know, it's it's just weird. I guess it'll be cool. But, you know, if Cantlay wins, then you're just like, okay, change the format because he'll, he's going to start minus 10. But knowing golf, he could play terrible and, like, and even on the first day. And then that throws everything off. But – you know, we shall see. I get, I'll, of course, I'll be watching it because it's pro, it's the last PGA Tour. And then, of course, I have to mention yesterday was phenomenal golf. Um, unfortunately, my boy DeChambeau literally blew it five times in a row. But also Cantlay made like three 21-foot putts to like just continue to stay alive in a playoff. They went six playoff holes. DeChambeau missed like a three-foot putt. To, to continue moving forward. It looked like me at Chino Hills on Saturday um, <laughs> on those last three holes. But, and then Canley was making putts like you trading on those last three goddamn holes. But um, Tyler, like I said earlier, the course um, is going to be the East Lake Golf Club in Atlanta. Getting into, you know, the outside of golf world, they have donated over $20 million to support the East Lake Foundation, which has transformed the nation's worst housing projects into public communities. You were talking about uh, the British open and you wouldn't play the course for free. Um, would you still play this course or would you not even play this course for free, even though they donated $20 million to projects in need, or would you just say, no, I don't want to play on your course. First of all, that's amazing what they've done there. <laughs> uh, incredible. I love it when, you know, a place like that, that have that position, they're able to use that money for good. So good on you guys. Um, secondly, um, yes, I absolutely would play this course. I've looked, I've looked <laughs> at this course. It looks gorgeous. Not at all like the freaking British Open where you literally couldn't see any fairways at all. It was all just a bunch of rough and bullshit. This looks like a gorgeous golf course. I would 100% play this in a heartbeat. Um, it, it does look hard. There's a, there's a lot of water, you know. And the thing is, like, when I, when I played a while ago, like, water used to be my enemy. I've, I've since conquered that, that fear and that, you know, I, I still course sometimes lay on the water, but I'm not as, you know, touchy on the water anymore. Um, so I think it'd be a fun challenge. Um, this course, like I said, it looks insanely nice. I'm excited to see it, um, see the uh, pros play it this, this, this weekend and hundred percent I'll play this course. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. I'm glad that's a good answer. Uh, I would agree with you. 
And then second off, what score would you predict out of yourself? If, you know, sometimes playing those nicer courses, you do a little better, you know, you get more motivated, et cetera. Yeah. The thing is like, I've never really played of course of this level. So it's hard to, to extract from personal experience, how I would actually do. I would like to think I could get under the hundred mark. I think that's a fairly reasonable ask for me. So if I had gotten in the low nineties around there, I think I'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. Um, I believe you actually, you are pretty good at golf. So I don't think you're uh, blowing smoke up anyone's (laughs) ass tonight. But um, lastly, uh, James, is this tournament important to you or do the majors intrigue you more? Um, Like I said earlier, the winner of this tournament gets $15 million alone. So does that change your opinion? And it's the top 30 golfers of the current season. So I'm thinking of it in like a fantasy, fantasy mode. Maybe we should do DraftKings this coming Sunday. Who knows? Maybe down. No free ads, DraftKings. Let's do it. Um, and then, but yeah, you know, it's like, I'm thinking of it fantasy-wise. It's like you're getting the top guys of the whole season all competing together at one time. Yeah. What do you think? That's, that's a good point. Um, so the Masters has the cheese pimento sandwiches, don't they? I think so. That was like on the menu, right? Right. Yeah. I like those. I like the little cheese pimento sandwiches for like, like I think they're like a dollar each. <laughs> Or something, something crazy like that. You get a full meal for like four bucks. It's pretty great. But uh, 15 mil is a little bit better than that. So I'm going to for <laughs> sure go with this one. <laughs> 15 mil is ridiculous amount of money, man. The stuff I would do for 15 mil. Anyway, I like this one way more. Like the money at stake is cool. And then you brought up the fact that it's just 30 people. And it's kind of like it's the who's who of this this year, of this season. They It took a long time for them to get this ranking, to get to this point in their of the year of the tour and they're, they're doing it. And it's like the best guys are going to be here. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's the best guys. And I think DraftKings is a fantastic idea. It's the smaller pool makes it easier for me to follow. Like all these golf names. I don't know all of them. Like I'm fairly new to golf. It's been a little bit over a year for me. And so having 30 people to keep track of is way easier than a hundred. And even with cuts, it's still like, it's a stupid amount 30 people, way easier, especially guys who have, like, weird names, like Ustafin, that dude. Ustahazen. There we go. Yeah. I can't pronounce correctly. Like, they don't have – <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're hard names to know, so thir- keeping it down 30 people is great. And, I mean, great course. I love the fact that it's in Georgia. For some reason, Atlanta has the best courses. They don't have the best sports team, but they have the best courses there. Um, so, that's – it's cool, man. I like this. I like the, the uh, T- PGA Tour a lot more. Yeah, so kick the Falcons out, kick the Thrashers out like they already did in the NHL. Keep the golf. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, I, you can kind of look at it like, you know, in hockey, it's like there's a lot of really, really good players that have never won a cup. Um, in golf, there's a lot of really, really good players that have won a bunch of tournaments but never a major. Um but then you know this winning this tournament means you're the you were the best golfer of the season. It is a little skewed because kind of what Traden said these last three tournaments are worth so much more. But you know like that's what I'm saying. You look at John Rahm like he's been good all year. So if he if he does win, he will be the best golfer of the season. And then you could say yeah, it's true. But if he doesn't, then maybe <laughs> maybe it's a little skewed. Um, 
But, you know, nonetheless, $15 million is better than 15 pimento cheese sandwiches. Um, <laughs> they're both good, though. But uh, so last thing is I want everyone to go around, pick a winner. Um, and I guess tell me why. Trade in. Who do you got? Yeah, um, I'm I'm basing this. So I guess he has 10, 7. So um, I, I'm I'm going to pick the only guy of the entire 125 field, you know, going into the playoffs who had double digits um, of being in the top 10 and he only missed the top 10 in five, in five, uh, in five uh, events. And that is John Rom. John Rom has been on a different fucking level all season. Uh, He, he, you know, he's always been there. As you mentioned, Eric, he's only had one win. But that doesn't mean anything at this point. I mean, he's he's been playing consistently time after time after time. And actually, he probably would have won one of those tournaments like two months ago, but he got kicked out because of COVID. Um, and he was like he had like an eight stroke lead or something like that. So he is just on another level. Um, and that that is definitely who I'd put my money on winning this year. Nice. Yeah. That, I mean, it's very, very probable that that can happen. Um. You know, he's been like one of the most consistent dudes all year. He won his first major um, this year. And then, you know, in that British Open, I think he got like fourth. Like he was close. Yesterday, he was third or fourth. You know, he's he's just like continuing to just stay like right there every time. Tyler, what do you got? Uh, I want to go with Jordan Spieth. Um, I think this Ooh. dude has been, he's, you know, he, obviously he, start, he got off to a really hot start in his career. Won the Masters. You know, he's kind of this big new name, young kid. Um, since then, he kind of few years there was not good, really bad. This year, he's really picked it up. And he's found his stroke again, and he's been playing really good golf. He's, I feel like he's finished in the top five, or at least been in the conversation on Sunday, like almost every major, if not every major this 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 season. I like Jordan Spieth. Um, I think this kid has found his groove. He's found his swing again. I think Jordan Spieth's got a good shot of winning. Yeah, yeah. and you know he. He should have won a tournament this year. He actually, like, it sucked. He, like, trashed the 17th hole. I think he hit it in the sand on, like, his second shot. He hit it in the sand, and then he had one of those shots where he just completely clobbered it out of the sand way over the green, like what I did a lot at Chino Hills this week. Um, But, you know, he's been close, and he's kind of due for a a championship win. especially the tour championship. Why not? Um, but you know, he's going to be in the, that top 10 with, with a couple strokes off to start. So he still has a good chance. Um, James, what do you got? I'm going to go with the former winner, Dustin Johnson. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's, he's at, he's not close to where everybody else is at. I mean, like the number one guy is minus 10. He's like minus three, but the fact of the matter is I love his game overall. And this is a big tournament where the prize, the purse is 15 mil. You got guys out there clawing and doing everything they can, doing the most and giving it their all and going for every single tough shot there is, they're going to make mistakes. It's, it's human nature. You're not going to hit those shots perfectly. Dustin Johnson, on the other hand, is a lot like his father-in-law. Cool, calm, collected. Oh. He's going to play his game. He's going to play his game. He's not going to take those stupid shots that may or may not have a higher risk of failure he's going to play what he needs to play take the easy shot take the safe shot and then continue playing the way he's done his entire career 
everybody else is going to be going ridiculously hard trying to outdrive their previous drive to try and take that one stroke off. They're going to end up messing up. Dustin Johnson is going to play this game. He's going to, he's going to do exactly what he's been doing the last couple of years, this last year. And he's going to do well because of it, because he's cool, calm and collected. And he's going to make history. He's going to be the first dude to go back to back. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I forgot until you just said that he won this tournament last year. Um, I'm pretty sure he just murdered this tournament last year, too. Oh it was like God. one of those, like, wasn't even close. you turn it on on Sunday and he's like minus 23 and the next guy is like minus 12. I shut it off after that. I'm like, I'm not yeah, <laughs> exactly. I remember it was just like extremely too good to be true. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, he's he's always around Wayne Gretzky. So that's got to say something. Um and the, he's all another guy that just usually finishes in the top 10, does really well. He actually hit someone this year with his ball. Remember that? Some random tournament. And I think it was like – I forget who he hit. He just like nailed this dude in the back of the leg. It was, And there was like no one else around, just one guy <laughs> and, he, and, and a tree, and he just smashed a ball into, into this dude off a drive. But always, you know, a good chance of winning. And he does win a lot of big tournaments and he's won two majors. Um, you can never count him out. I'm going to go and finally agree with Traden. It took me the whole episode, but I am going with John Rom because he's been poised basically every tournament, pretty much all the things we've been talking about. Um, and Patrick Cantlay, who is number one, he played phenomenal yesterday, give him the credit. But his other tournament win this year was when Rom was up by eight and literally left after Saturday with COVID. Just had to walk off the course. They told him he couldn't play anymore. And then so Cantlay won it by a landslide because he was next in line. So, you know, Rom should maybe be number one starting with minus 10. He's still third or fifth, maybe whatever the fuck he is. He's going to start with like five or six strokes off. So, He's got a really good chance, and he's been showing that he could do it this whole season. So that's who I got. Um, and I think we should actually really do a DraftKings on Sunday. Maybe we should just chuck Alex into, into it too because if he wins, it may this may be what gets him into golf. So we'll see. Um, $200 buy-in or what? What? $200 buy-in. <laughs> uh, maybe we do like – what do we do for football? We should do that. 10 bucks. We do 10. Come 15. On, go. 20. All right, let's go 20. Screw it. Fuck it. 30. But... Okay. <laughs> all right. Easy. And, you know, that's all I got. That's probably going to be – maybe I'll have one more golf segment this year. Who knows? The Ryder Cup. But if not, this could be it. But who knows? We'll see. The Ryder Cup sounds dirty. But anyway, that, <laughs> going to, not. that is going to finish episode 62 of TLDR Podcast. Eric, thank you so much for a golf segment. Always love talking golf with you. Um, dude, I got to get back out on the golf course, man. It's been way too fucking long. So hopefully I can find a weekend here to go do that. Um, anyway, thank you everyone for listening. We really appreciate your support. Uh, make sure you follow us on all the social medias, except for Facebook. Um, and hope you have a fantastic week. Thank you guys for watching.